The Olympic Games, down through history, well, you know the story. It's been the fascists versus the free. In 1932, Italian runner Luigi Bacali raised the fascist salute during the games in L.A. At the 1936 Games in Berlin, it was the white Aryan race versus the savages. And the savages, to Adolf Hitler's great disappointment, won. After the fanfares of the Olympic opening comes the most amazing performance by America's black streak Jesse Owens in the 100 meters. The world's most superb runner makes the others look as if they're walking as he wins the final and equals the world's record time. This and his later victory in the long jump may well be the athletic performances of the century. African-American Jesse Owens won four gold medals. He stole the spotlight from Adolf Hitler and changed the global message of Nazi propaganda. At the 1968 Games in Mexico City, it was African-Americans fighting repression in their own country. Tommy Smith and John Carlos on the medal podium, silent, shoeless, each with a single gloved fist in the air. The response by the U.S. Olympic team? The United States Olympic Committee expresses its profound regret for the discourtesy displayed by two members of its team. The untypical exhibitionism of these athletes violates the basic standards of sportsmanship and good manners. And therefore, the two men involved are suspended forthwith. In 1972, it was the Palestinians of Black September against the Israelis. Eight Palestinian terrorists broke into the Olympic Village and kidnapped 11 members of the Israeli team after an 18-hour standoff watched by the entire world. All of the hostages were killed. When I was a kid, my father used to say, our greatest hopes and our worst fears are mm-hmm. seldom realized. Our worst fears have been realized tonight. They've now said that there were 11 hostages. Two were killed in their rooms this morning, yesterday morning. Nine were killed at the airport tonight. They're all gone. Jim McKay of ABC Sports. There have been plenty of lesser political events at the Olympics. In 1960, athletes from Taiwan, back then called Formosa, were not permitted to carry their flag as the Republic of China. Beijing was China. And so their flag, a placard carried during the opening parade, said simply, under protest. In 1964, at the Tokyo Games, an implicit message from a 19-year-old university student who lit the Olympic flame. The young man was born on the day that the atomic bomb was dropped by the U.S. on Hiroshima. In the 1980 Moscow Games, the main event was the Soviets against the rest of the world. The U.S. led a boycott of more than 55 countries. If Olympic competition had been your dream and almost your entire life, a White House meeting today was the stuff to tear you apart. I can't say at this moment what other nations will not go to the Summer Olympics in Moscow. Ours will not go. President Jimmy Carter there. The boycott protested the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan. And in 1984, when the games were held in Los Angeles, the Soviets boycotted in retaliation. Occasionally, even the International Olympic Committee gets itself into the act. At the 1964 games, South Africa was banned from competition for its policy of apartheid. While at the 2000 games, athletes from Afghanistan were barred for discrimination against women under Taliban rule. Oh, yes, and we understand that there are sporting events at the Olympics as well. You may have heard about that. But what will the political drama be at the Games in London this year? That's an interesting question. Mark Stevens, you've already made that call. What's the political issue you say should be at the London Olympic Games? Well, I think that the key issue uh, in London is about... Uh, discrimination, but discrimination uh, against those countries, uh, the 84 countries around the world, most of them Commonwealth countries, British Commonwealth countries, that uh, 
criminalize uh, homosexuality between consenting adults in private. Uh, and I think that uh, you just have to look around the world, countries where the death penalty is still imposed for this, countries where uh, people can be flogged and whipped uh, for this, countries like Qatar, um, and also places where you will go to jail for 10 years uh, for that kind of thing. And many of these countries are tourist idols that uh, we may go to, some of the islands in the Caribbean, for example, Jamaica, Trinidad and Tobago, all of those kinds of countries. Uh, and it does seem to me that uh, we ought to be encouraging the athletes who come to London uh, as part of the legacy for the Games to allow those people who feel that they are in danger in their own country by being openly homosexual uh, to claim asylum. And I have called upon all gay athletes from those 84 countries to claim asylum in London at the Games. The argument made there by Mark Stevens, a British lawyer who recently published a piece in The Guardian that caught our eye calling for the London 2012 Olympics to serve as a forum for the promotion of LGBT rights. And uh, Mark Stevens, is this your particular cause or do you believe that the Olympics is an important forum for politics and that this issue is ripe for 2012? I think it's right for 2012. I mean, it, it, it's an issue which I've come to. Uh, when I was at law school, uh, I felt very strongly about the racial discrimination, the way in which uh, the South Africans would only field a white team. Uh, and I felt very strongly that uh, the statement, or statement for the Black Power salute made by Tommy Smith and John Carlos of America at the Mexico Games was absolutely critical. It raised awareness uh, in a way which no other uh, kind of action could have done. We have banned countries which repress women, countries like Afghanistan under the Taliban. And it seems to me that if you are going to repress and criminalize uh, people are, who are LGBT in a way that you would not uh, criminalize people who were heterosexual, then it seems to me that uh, you ought to uh, take those individuals into, the bo into your bosom and you should protect them. And that is part of the Olympic spirit. All right, Mark Stevens, let's uh, try to look at this from the standpoint of international law. Uh, you would be advocating basically a shift. I mean, as I've as we've sort of talked about here and you've referenced here in, in uh, your statement a moment ago, there's a long tradition of political events emerging at the games, and only rarely is it a deliberate uh, sort of move on the part of the International Olympic Committee to make some sort of political point. Here, we would be actually crossing the Rubicon and, and making the IOC uh, draft a set of rules that essentially endorse, say, the uh, Human Rights Convention, that sort of thing. How would that work? Well, I think that the IOC have an obligation uh, to fairness and uh, to uh, deal with people, and they go a long way to that in the sense that we have uh, games which are for uh, athletes with some kind of uh, physical or other disability uh, in the Paralympics. And it seems to me that what we should be doing is saying – part of the Olympic spirit, part of the Olympic ideal is about fairness, about putting in a level playing field. And if you are uh, an athlete who happens to be LGBT, then you shouldn't be at any significant disadvantage. You should not have to try to uh, hide your true sexuality. And this is in, in, in uh, 
in, in a line with international law. Um, this has been made clear in courts uh, like the Inter-American Court of Human Rights, the European Court of Human Rights, which, of course, regional courts, but also uh, in courts around the world uh, and, indeed, in the uh, Supreme Court of the United right. States, which right. has struck, struck down this kind of law. Respond to, to this argument, then. There are some people who will be listening to this who say, no, no, it's about sports. We don't want to bring politics into the Olympics. Uh, what you're advocating distracts from the real Olympic spirit, and that is purely about sports. Couldn't we get politics away from something for some time? Well, I think it's not about politics and sport. It's a, it, this isn't about politics. This is about human rights. And it's a fundamental misunderstanding of the nature of human rights, which is about uh, protecting uh, individuals who are vulnerable uh, and uh, perhaps disenfranchised. And the, the suggestion, I think, that uh, uh, politics have no, right, uh, no place in the sporting arena tend to be, I think, uh, come from people who don't. Uh, understand human rights at all. And I think that, you know, really what we're looking for is partly uh, about the Olympic spirit. And we have to remember that there have been strong campaigns, both by the Olympics in terms of uh, both racism and uh, sex discrimination in terms of, you know, for example, uh, the Taliban uh, example in Afghanistan. And if we're going to stamp out uh, discrimination in those areas, it seems to me only logical that we extend it to other areas uh, which affect the Olympic ideals. All right, Mark Stevens, do you have your Olympic tickets? Or are you one of these Londoners who's going to be far away when the Games happen in, in summer? Well, the Olymp- I'm, I'm, I live next door to the Olympic Park, and I do have some tickets, but uh, I will also be uh, encouraging people uh, from the LGBT community to and assisting uh, them in the event that they want to claim asylum in the United Kingdom uh, during the uh, Olympic right. spirit. Mark Stevens, British lawyer who recently published a piece in The Guardian. He calls for the London 2012 Olympics to serve as a forum for the promotion of LGBT rights. Thanks, Mark.